Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Welcome to our music podcast, devotedly discussing hyped up bands as well as those who don't get enough credit. I'm Babs and I co-host this podcast with Fran. The way it works is we pick a theme, each of us chooses an underrated band or an overrated band within that theme and we make each other a 10 track playlist, go away and listen to it and then come back together to discuss. They argue that we are the ones in the right. I hope you enjoy this particular episode, which is set by the sea. Uh, oh, oh, seagull! Sorry, I've got a dash. I'll be back later. Over underrated. Kaukula. Asohyoka. Over underrated. So welcome to Over Underrated. This week we are talking about bands from Brighton. Brighton, the liberal capital of the UK, I would say. There's a lot of different genres and scenes going on in Brighton there's definitely rock scenes and I would say plural there's a lot of different things going on there also hip-hop with bands like Rizzle Kicks and then some more electronic ones like Fatboy Slim who is our overrated pick for today from Fran whereas I'm going to be talking about the rock band Blood Red Shoes because I think they're underrated overrated When Fran told me that he wanted to pick Fatboy Slim for today's episode, I was very surprised. So Fran, tell me more. Okay, guys. It's slim pickings for bands who are overrated from Brighton. Um, so having a think, I then thought, well, Brighton, you think of Fatboy Slim playing to thousands, thousands of people on the beach. That happened 15 years ago. He still headlines festivals around the world. And remember the last time he had an actual hit. So looking through his um, discography, I realise a long, long time. So therefore, I am claiming that he is overrated, even though I am technically a fan. And I have made a playlist of songs to underline this fact, sent it across the internet to Babs, who will now tell me if she agrees or not. I was surprised, as previously mentioned, because I didn't have a particularly strong opinion of Fatboy Slim either way. I have his greatest hits. I enjoyed the hits when they were the hits, you know, late 90s, early noughties. I haven't really thought about him much in recent years, although I did actually consider going to a music festival in the Faroe Islands where he was going to be one of the headliners. And the playlist that you sent over, I knew two of the songs beforehand, Okay, so I started with Sunset, which I think is where it went wrong for me because after the massive hype of his second album, um, We've Come a Long Way Baby, this was the comeback single and it was slightly different. So there was no a big beat manifesto. Mm -hmm. It was more um, samples of Jim Morrison and kind of a more relaxed sound. And I didn't like it then. I still don't like it now. Um, and it's a quantum of one of his biggest hits. And I thought, like, yeah, I just don't get it. I don't get why that was, you know, a thing. Um, what did you think of it? I remember it at the time and I liked it. And I liked the, the music video with the plane. I think from the playlist that you provided, a lot of the songs that you've put on it are quite repetitive, which mm. is a bit of a fat boy slim motif. You know, he says right here, right now, 
plenty of times. I'm surprised that you didn't put slash dot dash on it because that's quite a jarring, repetitive song. But that I actually enjoyed. That's probably the last song I've enjoyed by him because it's quite short, isn't it? The song and it's quite punky in a way. Like yes, it's, it's quite in your face, isn't it? So I think that gets away with it. And I don't know if you remember the music video, but it was also mm. quite aggressive. And I enjoyed that. But I, I enjoyed the repetitiveness of Sunset Bird of Prey. And I hadn't listened to the Door song before listening to this song. So there wasn't any, oh gosh, he's ruined a classic feelings for me in, for this one. Yeah, I guess like without album, it wasn't until Weapon of Choice came out as a single that I actually enjoyed anything from that album. Because Demons, I am not a big fan of Mr. Grey. And... <laughs> Ooh. So yeah, I mean, I should have put Demons on here too, but I thought I can't put all the same songs on the same album, so I tried to mix up, mix up a little bit. So yeah, Demons would have been on there because that's just a bit dull and her voice annoys me. Sorry. Um, so I then put what put it back together with Damon Arban. Obviously, I love Blur, but this song does not work for me. I, I did. I actually did not like it either. And I'm sure that you will be annoyed to hear that that album was nominated for the 2006 Grammy for Best Electronic Dance Album. That one over yeah. any of the others, which I you mean, forget in 2006 in America, EDM was not a thing. So they had, they had heard of one dance album person, not the Fat Boy Slim. So, so for, oh, let's give it the Fat Boy Slim again. We've heard of him. In, interesting enough, I was watching for my uh, for my research a documentary on Fat Boy Slim, hmm. and he said that when he went to America in the late 90s, how people thought they're going to see a band called Fat Boy Slim. And he would be DJing and people would come and ask him what kind of band they want. And when people found out he was Fatboy Slim, they would get refunds because they had heard <laughs> Rock and Fat for the Skank and thought it was people playing guitars. It must be because they were completely unaware of things like band sampling and they thought it was a band. And he said it took him a while for people to realise that he was just a DJ playing music. And it, it blew a lot of, of his American audience's minds. Because even the Prodigy, who were one of the first sort of like dance bands who sort of crossed over into rock and roll were still, as a live band, people on stage doing you know, live-ish music. So yeah, I think he struggled with that. And I think he's not saying DJ Fatboy Slim. He was just mm. Fatboy Slim. And I guess this was before the David Getters and Steve Aoki's of this world, as you, as you say, and the Diplos, where they're they're, de- they're producers but they're djs as well and and you know that that's what you're gonna see so yeah i'm not surprised that they were uh that they were confused yeah because i think i think for late 90s was when you know djs left the nightclubs and they were headline festivals and being the same stratosphere as rock and roll and um he was i guess one of the pioneers alongside the chemical brothers and prodigy who are bands who could play a rock festival and get away with it so you know i remember like band to it people who are in, into indie music would like Fat Boy Slim, I guess, because he sampled a lot of, you know, organic instruments. Like, there's a lot of guitarists, there's a lot of like Motown, there's a lot of soul in his record. So I guess he could kind of cross over a bit more than like the DJs of the nineties. I mean, like DJ Casper. I don't know. <laughs> it was a big st- <laughs> the fuck is DJ Casper? I have no idea. <laughs> is he the, the Cha Cha Slide? Is that him? Oh, the Cha Cha Slide. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Okay. Yes, and, no, uh, D- and D-Day Ozzo. Otzi, Otzi, right? Hey, hey, baby. These 90s and 90s, you know, it all comes a blur. Yeah. We're, we're old. It's just what happens. We are very old. So, yeah, so yeah. then I've got Where You Is, which I had never heard of until I was doing my research. I loved it. I 
Did you? Get out of town. It's very not in your town, Fran. So, so stay, stay back. Yeah, so I'll stay here. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And because it was the first modern song that I heard on this mm. playlist, it made me realize that he is still releasing music. This is from 2017. It's a single. I had no idea because I really hadn't been aware of him much since about 2005. Well, I mean, yeah, he does release the music, but he's not done a full album in 15 years, has he? He does, does so. bits. He does bits and pieces and remixes. So and I find it strange because, like, even in the documentary, he talks about how much he enjoys being in the studio and going to stu- the studio every day. But he hasn't actually made an album. He just seems to be doing remixes and the odd song. And like his last album seemed to have, have loads of cover songs on there, including the Joker, which I put on here. <laughs> I hate that song so much. So uh, with the Joker and a couple of others. I remember that being overplayed to death. I don't like the original. The only redeeming feature is the video with the cats, which is excellent. (laughs) Have you not seen it? (gasps) I probably have. It's it's been a while. Oh, Fran, honestly, treat yourself. Treat yourself. It's basically, uh, it's a world with cats and there's a cat DJ and he's dealing catnip. It's brilliant. Go go and watch it. But like, it's interesting because he's, I keep mentioning this documentary, but in the documentary, he states that he would never sample a hit because he thinks it's lazy but he'd cover it but yeah but he'd basically do an entire song and just what just add a beat to it slightly so mm. was he getting tired in the mid noughties was he running out of ideas is that why there's not been full albums since those days he was a massive remixer back in the late 90s but then i i believe that you could instantly hear what a fat boston remix would be and it became oh he just adds bigger drums to it and that's the fact that was in the mix, and that was it, really. Although Brimful of Asher, I would say you wouldn't necessarily know it's a Fat Boy Slim remix. And I, I, I have many memories of dancing to the school discos mm. in to that song, so that definitely holds a special place in my heart. And I'm glad that it wasn't on the, on the playlist. That's because that's one of the only songs where the remix is is more well known than the original. And better, I would argue. When people buy the album, they're like, "Oh, this is not what I expected to hear," you know. It's interesting when that happens. There's definitely a few people like Armin Van Halen's remix of Professional Widow by Tori Amos. Mm. I much prefer Tovlo, you know, the Swedish pop star. She has that Stay High All The Time song. There's there's a remix and I think it's much better than the original. And Brimful of Asher definitely is is one of them. But you, you included a song called Michael Jackson, yeah. which is from his first album. Yeah. It's pure 90s. It's pure 90s big beat. And I, again, loved it. Thanks, Fran. Yeah, but I mean, I was getting desperate and I thought, well, he's got Michael Jackson on there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in hindsight, FS, you know. Uh, But yeah, I I was really surprised because I feel like you're a 90s kid. Mm. To me, it sounds pure 90s Big Beat. And it sounds like you do like Big Beat. You like Prodigy and Chemical Brothers. And I I guess Prodigy aren't really big. I mean, it's it's hard for me because I like the the Chemical Brothers after the fact I like their later stuff. I wasn't so into blockbusting beats, Chemical Brothers. I thought, oh, someone's you know, got someone's got a car alarm and somebody, you know? and oh. and I, I, oh. I am, uh, and that oh, was me. That unbelievable. Was, and that was me, age eighteen, at that point of view. I was a oh, dad. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're too cool for them, are you, fan? <laughs> oh, 
You can't you can't play a funky bass and then you're jealous. Is this what's happening? No. Honestly, okay, okay. That's clearly we might need to do a Chemical Brothers episode further so, down yeah. the line. And like the prodigy I liked was the rave mid mid nineties dual generation experience. The the um the big album, the Fat of the Lands. Oh, I don't like this new prodigy sound. And that's when the whole world liked them. So I've never been. Okay, fan, <laughs> we clearly need a big beat slash rave slash 90s episode because i think we're going to disagree massively <laughs> and can i just say i introduced a friend to firestarter the yeah. video the song the concept she'd never heard it she's from she's from india and we were we went on a holiday and we had to make fires because we were in a cabin and we kept singing this this song and she had no idea and making her watch it and hearing her commentary was one of the funniest things that's happened to me this year it, I really recommend it. Find find a young find a young person and get them to watch the video for for fun effects. I don't tend to find many random Indian girls I can speak to about um, <laughs> music videos, but I mean I will try. Wow, you have made it sound so dodgy. <laughs> I was I was trying to say like you know I'm sure you have a relative or someone. Uh, I'm not Barbara. I just want to make clear to everyone I'm not finding random Indian girls. Okay, thank you. I will do my very best for you. Um, <laughs> So we've got Boom Fucking Boom. Um, loved it. Did you loved love it? it? I you? loved it. Simple, catchy, loved it. Thanks, Fran. Again, <laughs> really, you. This is, uh, this is having the opposite effect. But I will say you included Rush by Freak Power, mm-hmm. which I did not like. I said that it sounded a bit like music. But... I did not realize that they were the band behind Turn On, Tune In, Cop Out, which is such a 90s song. Yeah. I know the song perfectly, and I had no idea it was a band called Freak Power, and I had no idea Fatboy Slim was in it. I am pretty sure that Fatboy Slim has a world record for the amount of top 10 hits as different artists. I believe he's done it five I've times. I've heard that fact. Yeah. Yeah, and Freak Power, yeah, that was a massive number one hit. And then I went to a wedding two years ago, and I kept staring at the sax player, and then I realized... He and sounding like a perv, Fran. Sounding like a perv. No, no, no. I'm staring at him because he's a, a bald man. Obviously, you know, it's not like you see a man. A, a, hey, a, a get bald, your kicks where you can. A completely bald man. And yeah, and I thought, I know that face. And yeah, he was the lead singer of Free Power, now playing saxophone oh. at weddings. And I thought, wow. We've, we've talked about this before. I think it's very difficult to make a living as a musician. And I find it quite interesting when some musicians open up about the kind of jobs that they have when they're not touring and they're not recording so i think playing at a wedding fair enough i guess but depends what kind of band he was in yeah but he wasn't even the lead singer of that band so that's the, that's mm. the sad thing about it like, mm. he wasn't even the best lyricist the best vocalist in that band even though he was a vocalist of a number one hit single don't write in please freak power <laughs> <laughs> can i just say really loved turn on tune in cop out thank you over underrated the first time I guess I'd heard of um, Fatboy Slim I probably heard this song before I'd heard House Martins which was Beats International dub Beats mm. to me and as a kid I absolutely hated the song I enjoyed the intro and every kid from the 90s could recall the introduction Tank Fly Jamba. I mean I mean, nobody knows the words, yeah. but I mean, we'd all give it a okay. Jam, Nitty Gritty, listen to the bar, the big bass, and it was a jam heart, etc. And that's the best bit. And then it just comes boring because it's, it's a, at the time, I did not know that was a Clash song either. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and again, he's a hypocrite because what is he doing there? He seems to have sampled a big famous song. 
And he then goes on a documentary saying, oh yeah, I, I think it's lazy to sample a hit. Surely that class song, is a, the Guns of Brixton is a hit or, or a, a well-known song, Mr. Pat Boy Slim. But when is this documentary from? Because I mean, musicians are allowed to change well, their 2016. minds. 2016. So yeah, so oh, he had okay. done that. that is he uh, not whitewashing, but he's he's rewriting yeah, his he, past, he's, he's maybe. Yeah, he's that Beats International was never a thing I've seen. So I think I was too mm. young to realise that that was a big song. When 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 is it from? I, I would say, off the top of my head, 91. Okay, so 91, I was four yeah. years old. And actually not living in the UK at the time. I was still in Portugal. So it, it passed me by. I did know it. I realised that I didn't realise that I know it, but I did. And I listened to the original. I listened to the Fatboy Slim remix. And it's I listened to the original version by the SOS band. But again, Fran, loved all of it. It was great. I don't know what you're talking about. It was, it's, each version is different and I like it. I don't mind that it samples. I put Ghost Town. Isn't that no, what it sampled? Yeah, oh, it's it's the Clash, isn't it? Oh, the, uh, Brixton. Why did I put Ghost Town by the dum, specials? Dum, dum. Who knows? The singer, I believe, was in um, a TV show called Grange Hill. And, oh yeah, uh, I believe that was her only hit. So I gave him, um, you know, less marks for uh, being hypocrite and sampling a class tune uh, and getting away with it. And hey, MIA did it to good effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when that song came out, because obviously not many people really know um, the original class version, I'd always not make sure of H and V. I put on the original and go look, oh. look, guys. That's such a music snob thing <laughs> to know, do, friend. That's hilarious. Uh, did you know actually? Did you yeah, know? I would, I would do that, and that's why I grew a beard so I could strike my chin whilst doing it. <laughs> I, um, I think you may find I actually know more about music than you. I mean, so <laughs> yeah, because I yeah. work here, you're just yeah, <laughs> shopping in here. Sorry, sorry about that. This is why I now have to avoid any record store because I no longer know much about music anymore. But I, I say that as a reformed music mm. snob as well. So I'm sure that we're better, more open minded people well, now, of right? Of course, of course, no, but you know. I'm I'm not a snob. I just like people to know the history. I'm teaching the world. I would then put on busted. So you know, I am not a snob. To, to no balance snobs, it out. No snobs think that Thunderbirds was the best single that year, apart from me. I don't. I don't know busted very well. Again, maybe that's that's one for a, for a future <laughs> episode. Uh, I feel like year three thousand and glad I'm clashed the wedding are the only ones that really stuck with me. Well, give tonight, and um. I have a few um, tangos. Um, you know, um, pop on Thunderbirds, the uh, the theme. Difficult to find in Belgium, but I'll, <laughs> oh, okay. I'll do my best. Oh, oh. Bim Toe Tizer, I guess he's a big hitters. Uh, I'm Broom. <laughs> uh, I mean, what else is there? What else no. is there now? And, um, I'll have some Fanta, maybe. <laughs> I think that's the best that I can wants do. Anyone sponsor us, go for it. And um, yeah, please, please. Yeah, and pop on the, uh, the, the, uh, the theme tune to the big hit smash film, Thunderbirds. And uh, yeah, you'll see that that was the best single of I think 2004. I am so glad that you've you've helped me make my plans for this evening. Thank you so much, Fran. I really put on repeat. Well, you have two other songs that we haven't discussed yet, and they're both from 2019. Oh, and yes, you do. You you you've included "Return to the Valley of Right Now," and the weekend starts here. And "Return to the Valley of Right Now." I enjoyed it, but I prefer obviously the original. And I guess it was inspired by someone we've talked about before, Return to the Valley of Outcome of the Freaks by Was Not Was. Is that correct? Did you did you find this out? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I have no oh I have God. no idea. You know far more about Was Not Was than I do. 
I, honestly, I don't. I really don't. That's a fact. And The Weekend Starts Here is a remix of an original from, from 96. I didn't really like that one, so kudos to you, but I did enjoy the original, so I can understand why you included the remix. So, you know, what I'm saying is, is that he still is regarded as an amazing D- DJ. I have been at one of his festival gigs in uh, festival, I think, 2016 or 17, and he was amazing, but he barely played any of his own music. He probably played right here, right now, and praise me, and another, and maybe it's last death, and maybe he, I don't know, Steve, he made for Pete, and that was it. Everything else was just random other songs. So therefore, if I'm looking at him as an artist, as someone who creates new music, I mean, he's really not doing much these days. He's doing a lot of covers, a lot of remixes, and he's not really creating much new music. Like He hasn't really reinvented himself like other electronic people. Like Moby, he's not trying to do new things. I think he is just, you know, being the guy in a Hawaiian shirt, entertaining thousands, which is very good. He's a very good DJ, but as an artist, putting music into the world, I think that he's got lazy. And hence why I try to say that he maybe is overrated for how much praise he gets currently at this moment in time. What I realised when I was listening to this playlist is he kind of is a little bit the British Moby. I hadn't really thought about him like that, but he's a one-man DJ sampling stuff and, and repurposing it to to popular effect. I do think Moby is more innovative, but I, I just had never thought about him in that way. The only new thing that I'd seen him do recently was that he remixed, I think, a Greta Thunberg speech into a song, oh, really? and that went viral on Twitter maybe a year ago and it was it looked pretty good i i haven't seen him live as i said i would have maybe gone to see him at this festival at the faroe islands that i ended up not going to but i'm sure he's he's really good stage presence right yeah, no no he, is, he was a, a brilliant dj but as an artist with moby moby will do a grunge album or a trance album he can play instruments live Fat boy slim he's not really done anything no, like he's now a great festival DJ, but is he anything else? I'm happy with that, to be honest. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I think he was quite innovative and I hadn't quite realised how many bands he'd put his fingerprints on, if that's an expression. I knew about the House Martins. I feel pretty neutral about the House Martins. Didn't realise about Beats International or uh, what they call Freak, Freak Power. Power. Yeah. Freak Power. Your playlist made me enjoy him again made me discover new songs, made me want to actually go into his back catalogue. And I think there's much worse contenders who who are overrated. So I'm afraid, Fran, I remain unconvinced that Fatboy Slim is overrated. But, okay, I've said enough, but will you concede that he is one of the most overrated people from Brighton? <laughs> Here I can see oh. <laughs> uh, Yeah, so I, I will concede that Fatboy Slim might be one of the more overrated people that comes from Brighton, but that's just because off the top of my head, I can't think of that many other people who are from Brighton. And my selection, neither of them are from Brighton. They formed in Brighton. So Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Norman Kirk, I think, is from Hull. Hull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he was in House Martins, their first album was called Hull for London Nil. And... Okay. Yeah, and and he's very on. much happy to not be in London. Like he 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 likes the fact that you don't have to be in London to be part of the music industry. And he went to Brighton because you know it's it's a it's a free place. You can do anything. You know, there's no pressure in Brighton. You can just be yourself and create. And that's why he lives there. Um, yeah, but he's not. He wasn't born and raised in Brighton. I think Brighton's like where 
where he says it, the freaks go. It's, it's basically the, like mm. San Francisco will be in America. It's where you can go to be yourself and be alternative. So all the bands I can think of from Brighton, like Britta Sea Power, for example, they're, they're, they're from up north as well, yeah. Brighton's a place you can go just to, you know, be yourself and create. I guess that's why they go there. Over underrated. I hope you enjoyed part one. What do you think? Does Fatboy Slim get too much credit? Are you, like Fran, annoyed that he keeps getting allowed to DJ despite not releasing many new songs these days? Or do you agree with me? He just knows how to put together a tune and motivate a crowd. Now, some corrections from part one. Clearly neither Fran or I know who on earth DJ Casper is because it turns out that Cha-Cha Slide Guy is Mr. C the Slide Man. Also, the Fatboy Slim song is called Praise You and the Busted song is called I'm Glad I Crashed the Wedding. I also want to issue some clarifications for the next part. My French teachers would be horrified that I translated je me perds incorrectly. It actually means I get lost or I lose myself in English. And Fran's favourite Blood Red Shoes song is called I Wish I Was Someone Better. In this fast-paced rock and roll landscape, I hope you can forgive us two passionate people for those little slip-ups. Now, luckily I have my freak back. Who on earth said that being by the sea is boring? We head now into the next section discussing one of my all-time favourite brands, Blood Red Shoes. Enjoy. Rock out. Underrated. My pick, if we can go into it, is Blood Red Shoes. I actually didn't know where they were from originally. I thought one of them was from Brighton, but it turns out that Laura Mary is from Staines and Steve Ansell is from Horsham. So there we go. So West Sussex and... Is Stain Surrey? Yeah, well, Horsham is, we're talking like 20 miles from Brighton. So you could probably say he's a Brighton boy. He's a Brighton boy. But the the other bands that I really, really like from Brighton and might try and coerce you into talking about a future episode, if we can find some other tangential theme, are Tiger Cub, who are originally from the north of England. I don't know exactly where, or at least the lead singers from the north of England. And they're, they're quite, they have quite close links with Blood Red Shoes. And do you know the 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster? I do, mainly because of his hairstyle. Um, is that correct? Oh, I love them so much. They're, they really fall into that category for me of why do I like them? I don't want to like them, but I do. And I saw them live in Brighton at the Concord too, and it was an amazing gig. But we're not here to talk about that <laughs> today. But just to say, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that it is a... Yeah, a freer city, a more liberal city, you know, with big kind of gay culture and a place where a lot of definitely kind of gay couples would go and, and live in because it was a bit more tolerant. It's attracted lots of people who aren't from there. And I've picked Blood Red Shoes today because they're not they're not a small band. They're not completely unheard of. But I think in the UK that they don't get the kudos that they deserve for a band that's been going for so long that has a sound that's different from a lot of their contemporaries because they started in 2004 and a band who continues to innovate. So they're very interesting. I think the fact that they're a two piece who are clearly inspired by American bands, not English bands. So they say that their main influences are Babes in Toyland, Nirvana, Queens of the Stone Age, Sonic Youth, Hot Snakes. But despite having the heavy sound, which is what I really like, they definitely have a melodic side to them. So I think Steve said, we like heavy guitars and a big rock sound, but we're obsessed with melody. We wanted our songs to sound like a pop song, like Fleetwood Mac. I think they do heavy rock really well. And they're an excellent live band. I've seen them three or four times and 
they tear it up. It's that cliche of sometimes two pieces make more noise and get the crowd going more than bigger bands. And it's, it's really true. I also like the fact that there it's a male female collaboration, but it doesn't seem that they've been in a relationship before. There's never any mention of that shorty. And I, I quite like that because there's so much pressure sometimes on, on bands if they're if they've got men and women to kind of Fleetwood Mac are, are you in a relationship I'm thinking of Sleeper as well because uh I read I read her book and uh she obviously had a relationship with one of them and then the other I quite like the fact that it's it's this two-piece it's a man and a woman they're seemingly heterosexual but there's there's nothing there and I quite like the dynamic of their relationship because they openly admit that they piss each other off a lot. So you get kind of, I'm going to say big sibling energy. And when you watch them being interviewed, you really get that sometimes they're really frustrated with each other. And what they say is that they disagree on a lot of things and they're very different, but they've never disagreed on music. And I think they they gel really well together. Podcasting wise, they've done a few things, Fran. I don't know if you if you know about this, but Laura Mary has a podcast called Never Meet Your Idols with Queen Kwong, who's one of the one of the songs I picked is is with her and I really recommend checking out the hardcore listing episode with Steve where he talks about the top five blood red shoes gigs I'm just yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan and I I don't think the British establishment let's say admires them enough I try and think of the bands that are constantly elevated like your royal bloods your slaves your catfish in the bottle Boston, man idol oh which oh, catfish no, no, in the no, bottle no, man, no, are they royal blood oh royal also, blood from Brighton. okay also a two-piece well hmm, there we go i'm i would maybe pick them as overrated <laughs> even though I, I do like a couple of their songs yeah they definitely have a european fan base they played a virtual gig last night which i went to and in the chat you know you had people from from a lot of people from germany and the netherlands and and everything so it does seem that they of course have a british fan base they tour the uk and and they have success there but I, yeah I, I think i think they should be bigger and i think more people should know them and that's why i picked them did you know about them before? What was your view of Blood Red Shoes? So I have seen them live and I w- was quite aware of their work. Um, although I hadn't really heard much of their latter music, um, I was taken to see them in Portsmouth, probably during the second album. I remember it was interesting because when he plays live, I don't know if it's the same every, everywhere, but his drums front of stage and he plays side on. It's yeah. strange for a drummer to play side on. Evan Sears is like by herself in the middle of the stage. It's kind of a weird dynamic because he is quite, you know, sweaty mess going for it. And she was a bit more placid. It's <laughs> like a strange dynamic. And listening to a podcast you mentioned, he does seem to be more of the favorite TV set out of the window type guy. And she seems a bit more uh, well managed. I don't really know what he's like, you know, backstage, but you get the idea that he's a bit more of the punky rock and roll kind yeah, of guy. Definitely. So my my feeling is that he's more extroverted, she's more introverted. Mm-hmm. And if you have that dynamic, then I'm sure both of you are going to get pissed off at some point. And actually, I realized this time when I was doing the research and reading their lyrics a bit more, there's a couple of their songs where she says, she's the one singing and says, you disappear and I don't know where you've gone. And it really sounds like he probably does that on tour. He probably goes away and gets really, really kind of pissed off. I, yeah, I really like how open they are about the tension and how, you know, they had a big break between the the fourth and their fifth album because they toured nonstop, basically. They, they, they only released their debut album in 2008 but then been going since 2004 so it really is a long time to 
to just be the two of you especially if you if you have that kind of funny dynamic i saw them first in luxembourg and i think around 2010 so also second album time and i met them and i had a very funny conversation with stephen who they were both very friendly but stephen definitely more talkative and he was saying that he really hated the current drumming in british indie bands he i think he possibly don't sue me criticized kind of Franz Ferdinand and and block party drum sounds you know that kind of syncopated style and was talking about how he hates drum machines and everything and I I have no idea how we got into that conversation it it didn't feel very long but I I really got from them that they were very passionate and and clearly had their opinions which put them in opposition with a lot of modern opinion I'm trying to think now is there a duo who was just a drums and guitar before the White Stripes were big. I'm really struggling to think of any, because like, did, did their success allow record labels to, and artists to think, hang on guys, we don't need a bassist, we, we can just do this, just two of us. Because obviously since that, the them, obviously we've then had like the Ting Tings and, you know, blood, even, even for example, like you mentioned, um, the band and I forgot. Waves and uh, Royal Blood. Yeah, Royal Blood, for And Deep, Deep Valley as well, mm. similar dynamic, mm, mm. Uh, who, who, are, who are great. And Death From Above, you know, yeah. Yes. And yes. they do sound more influenced by American music than UK music. You said that he seems like the punky one. I think they were both punky, mm. actually, when they were both previously in punk bands. And if I remember the story correctly, they had mutual friends. They met in a squat at a party, something along those lines. They decided that they had similar music tastes that maybe some of the other people who they were collaborating with didn't and then decided to, to jam and, and start a band and it sounds like they really learnt on the job so they you you see in interviews that they when they first started playing live they would just sing songs with no lyrics they just sing it with ahs and Steve says that he'd learnt to play the guitar first not the drums and that he really kind of learnt how to play the drums in this band with Laura and while Steve I think is classically trained or if not classically trained he can read music Laura can't and he said in several interviews that every time he says you know Laura play a C chord she she doesn't have ideas so I'm guessing she's also self-taught which is quite surprising that they're very polished and musicians I feel I felt when even when I saw them back in 2010 and and now they're 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 very impressive and very tight and I guess yeah that was forged by playing so many gigs well, yeah, I mean, for such a long time. To play the, the drums and to sing a different melody is such hard work. Oh, God, so you've I got, can't you've even... got to be, You know, you've got to be pretty decent to be able to do that alone without doing like a really easy, like, one, two, three, four beat. Um, so I'm interested, does he ever play the guitar in a studio at all? And, Not that I no? know of. But what was interesting in the virtual gig that they did yesterday was that he was playing piano and keyboards. And they did reworkings of songs and some of them were really beautiful. So when I, when I was putting this playlist together, I quite like the loud sound of Blood Red Shoes. I would have guessed, I didn't know whether how much you knew about Blood Red Shoes. I would have guessed that you would have maybe liked their more quieter melodic songs. So it was, it was difficult for me because in this playlist, I've got songs from almost all their albums like, and, a, and a few other ones to, to discuss. But I really felt, okay, I've got to make this the playlist that I like and want to sell to Fran, not the one that I think he would like. So what did you what did you feel listening to it? Quickly looking at it, I knew four songs instantly. Um, okay, which ones? It was just Cold, 
with support was that one of the biggest hits yeah mm-hmm. animal another big hit um colors fade because I, mm-hmm. I think that's the second album isn't it so i saw that that is oh, the second album, yeah, yeah so i saw that tour so and, and adhd is that, is that the first album yeah 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 so, mm-hmm. so i knew this song because of, of the first two albums and then the last song i knew um is, is it the third album is 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 light up is that the third album that's the second album. The second album, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. And that's my favorite song by them. This isn't on there. Oh, that's one of my least favorites, but I, but okay. I think that's their their best tune. But yeah, so I, I knew those instantly. I then like um, looking through it. I can tell you my my quick notes. I put Go ahead. ADHD is punky ting tings. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes, I had to really step away from. <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. I am punky. sure they'd be delighted. Wow, that. that is a fuck. I mean, I like ting tings. Don't get me wrong, but that seems like a fucking burn. <laughs> Come on, guys, you can be better than that. But Colors Fade, it's quite brave to do an epic song with two instruments. Yeah, and I feel that if they had more instrumentation, it would have been a better song. I could have gone to more places. Yeah, so I don't think it needs to be that long for just having two instruments, I think. You say that. Mm. So the first album, I only picked ADHD from it. I didn't put It's Getting Boring by the Sea because I presumed you knew that. It's their biggest song. It was really difficult. And I actually almost put um, Try Harder on it, which is a bit slower. But I thought, no, I like ADHD. It's fine. So their second album is my least favorite. No, it's my second least favorite of theirs. It was one of those where even though that was the tour that I saw as well, I bought the first album and I was like, this is great. The second album, I really didn't like it. And it's only been watching them live that I've really appreciated it. And Colors Fade is the song that they normally finish Mm. on. And because it builds and because it's quite epic and anthemic, I think it works. Also, on their later tour from last year, the Get Tragic tour, they did actually have other band members. It, It was a little bit different. But you will have probably seen that I didn't pick a single song from Get Tragic, the latest album. The song that I picked was Kid Don't Be So Shy, which was a single from that period that they did with Queen Kong. Because I have to say, I'm not a huge fan of Get Tragic. Get Tragic is my least favorite album. And yet, from your social media, I see that you disagree with me on this. Yeah, so I put something on Twitter a couple of hours ago because I thought, hang on, I listened to this playlist and I just just noticed they had an album out last year, which... For some reason, I didn't know about why on earth does she ignore an album? I've ended up reviews of it. It's also had a lot of great reviews. And I listened to Elijah and is it Mexican Wave or something? Mexican or Dress. Mexican Dress. And I thought, these are bloody good guys. And it sounds like they've actually progressed in their sound. And rather than sounding like two teenagers banging in the garage, they now seem to be adept to the studio. And for, uh, uh, is this their own label? Is this like a Kickstarter? Because so they created a label called Jazz Life, I think mm. after their fourth album, and they've hinted at music label woes. I think Steve posted mm. recently about going to court over it. So maybe that was one of the reasons as well why they had such a big gap between the, the fourth and the fifth <laughs> album. It wasn't just that they weren't getting on. But I don't think this was just released on their label. I will look it up. Because it sounds like more polished. It sounds like a, like a big budget studio album you know you, you sometimes when a band goes on their own label you can hear you can hear it you can hear it. it's like more of a home recording or it seems less polished and obviously they've had to cut back on on studio time but yeah i thought the new album sounded fantastic and i will definitely give it more of a, of a listen um after t- today but yeah looking at the newer songs like i didn't really i put down that song um the something something kid does it get from a kid or something or hey, don't be so shy kid don't be so, i put down it sounds like poor man's nine as nails. Oh, 
How dare you? Oh, How dare you? I know. I'm, I'm so so cruel. And uh, what else is, is 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 more recent? Is it lemonade? Lemonade. So lemonade. I. I included it as a reason to gush about how much I love Tiger Cub, I have to say. So this this is a song from this compilation called AA Sessions. I don't know if you looked into what it was, Fran. Mm. I'll give you a quick debrief. So in Lewis, in, in Sussex, shout out, I have, a, I have a friend from Lewis. AA Sessions was, I quote, a collaboration project helmed by producer Ben Hampson at his agricultural audio studio in the countryside of Lewis, Sussex. A revolving door policy of different artists coming and going led to these six songs, each with a different lineup. So all the bands who are on this compilation, I think are all from that area, a lot of them from mm. Brighton. And it's a brilliant compilation. They, Like I said, only six songs. It got me into two other bands from there, Sweet Williams and Sick Joy. So Sweet Williams, it's very kind of, I'm going to say stoner gaze type. So, you know, heavy, you know, chilled rock at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Sick Joy, who were a really great indie band as well. And Lemonade, I, I was actually looking at my Spotify from 2019. I think it was my second most listened to song. And Blood Red Shoes were my artist of the year because I think of listening to Get Tragic and, and other things, but Lemonade, I really I really think it's amazing. And the vocalist is the lead singer from Tiger Cub called Jamie, who is now Nancy. I don't know if you've heard of, of them, no, but no. He's, he's making some more kind of, yeah, psychedelic-y kind of rock. So yeah, I'd be really intrigued what you think of that one because that's, I think it's a great song. Over underrated. Can I ask a question? Please, go ahead. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a bit out of touch with the cool words, and I still think that sick means puking. But I've noticed a lot of bands have songs called Lemonade. Is there a meaning of Lemonade which I may not know? I have no idea. So Beyonce's Lemonade came out in 2016, right? I guess that's the the biggest one. Hmm. I don't know why it's... Oh, he, you know, in the song, he does say sipping on a lemonade. So... Maybe, maybe that's why. Circle Waves also have a song now called I Lemonade. What's happening? Isn't this not like some sort of slang? I'm I mean, Fran, it might well be. We, you know, these people are likely younger than us. Although I don't think Blood Red Shoes are necessarily. I'm, I'm guessing they're in their mid to mid to late thirties these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what did you think of Lemonade? I put down. It's an enjoyable gangbang, but is this Blood Red Shoes? Is this allowed? Yeah, of course, it's allowed. You can hear Steve at the beginning counting them in and saying, "Hey." Yes, it is. Thank you very much. They are, they're both, Blood Red Shoes is credited, but I think at that point, I think Laura Mary moved to LA in, I'm guessing around 2015, 2016. So likely mm. she wasn't there and it was just Steve. She's also blonde now. When, when's that? Yes, happen? I think that happened around the same time. Is that the LA look? Is it that she's changed? She's, she's gone Californian. Laura, let us know. We think you look good <laughs> both ways, personally. So you're, you're a very good looking woman. And Steve is a very good-looking man. They're, they're, they are a very good-looking band. I don't think I can comment on anyone's looks anymore, so I always stay clear. I, I think, you know, if you're being complimentary, it's okay. You know, they're, they're, they're both good-looking. I, I don't see faces, I just hear audio guys. Oh, you just hear the noise. I mean, I think there's a difference as well. It's quite frustrating when you, when you go on YouTube comments of female musicians, how, you know, a lot of them will be like, oh, she's so hot. And even yesterday, so in the virtual gig, Laura Mary was wearing blood red shoes mm-hmm. and, you know, she would cross her legs occasionally and people would see it and be like, oh, the shoes. And some guy was like, who cares about her shoes? She's playing guitar. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I do. I do get that. But I think they're, they're a good looking bunch. And I think in the um, hardcore listing episode, they talk about how one of the gigs they went to was Japan and how they were really surprised 
that they were big in Japan and, and someone said to them, you know, you're a very striking couple. You're a guy and a girl. She's brunette. You're blonde. That mm-hmm. will have something to do with it. So even hopefully they know. Hopefully they they have lovely egos that are boosted by this. But, That's sort of a very cool name, isn't it, for a band? It is. Uh, so the story is, and, and they mention it, it's that, oh my God, what's her name? Ginger Rogers danced so much in a film that the blood from her feet turned her white shoes red. And they said that they picked that without thinking. And then it's pretty it, it much that's my youth club dancing days too. I've run many wee box classics of my uh, hip hop dance moves. Oh, anyway, moving on. Please, 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 <laughs> please tell me there's video of this. I want to Luckily, see. in my head, in 1993, I was an award-winning dancer. There's no proof <laughs> to say that I was not any good at dancing. So yeah, I, I would argue that Lemonade is Blood Red Shoes enough, but I did cheat a little bit as well because I included Get Off My Ghost Train, mm. which is a double A-side with the band Pull The Pop By Horses. They're, they're close friends and label mates. So Get Off My Ghost Train is a cover of a Pull The Pop By Horses song, Pulled Apart by Horses, Covered Heart Sink by Blood Red Shoes. So they did what uh, I believe Art, Brute and Weir Santos once did. So I, know I put well. down, is this Alice Cooper? This could easily have fitted on a 90s horror soundtrack. The amount of times I've had to step away from this microphone to stop laughing so hard into it. I'm loving these descriptions, Fran. Alice Cooper was not at all what I was It has thinking. an Alice Cooper-esque sort of like riff to it. And it sounds like it could be on the faculty, that 1990s horror. But have you heard the original? Did you, I, did you I, I, I did not know it was a cover. I was just going from the Spotify playlist. I didn't okay, know. interesting. Because, okay, it's not so different from the mm. original. And the, the reason why I also wanted to include this song and talk about Pulled Apart by Horses was that Pulled Apart by Horses were Blood Red Shoes support act when I saw them in Luxembourg. And they are the best support band I have ever seen, really. In Luxembourg, it was in a small venue. Luxembourg crowds are a bit better these days than they were in the past, but sometimes they can be a bit cold, a bit difficult to get going. Pulled Apart by Horses through everything at it the lead singer was going crazy and jumping and throwing himself in into the audience they did the best thing that a support act could do which really is warm up the audience for the main band but they were did they didn't eclipse blood red shoes blood red shoes were still brilliant and i don't think i've seen a better pair of touring bands as pulled apart by horses can you remind me of what the lineup is for um pulled apart by horses a four piece four men from leeds that's the lineup (laughs) yes okay um i don't even know their names i have to say so their first album which i got after after going to that gig is incredible i really recommend checking it out but it is very screamy i don't know how you feel about vocalists who kind of i think um when they first came out and a lot of people were talking about them i i used my fragile young ears to listen to them and they scared me off i think i know yes and sometimes even in blood residue songs for example adhd is a bit too shouty Box of Secrets. I was going to say you must have hated Box yeah. of Secrets. Box of Secrets. They mean Box of Fucking Anger. <laughs> um, wow, that's very different from my notes. I said I put, I really like their raw, unpolished early sound. I like the grungy, almost stoner gaze beginning, coupled with the faster guitars at the end, and then them shouting at each other. That's clearly, clearly what I'm into and clearly what you're not into. 
Well, I think you would have really liked their gig yesterday mm. because they they really had to tone it down. It was Laura Mary on guitar, Steve on, on keyboards. And I also recommend, if you like their quieter stuff, to go and listen to In Time to Voices. So I put Cold and Je Me Père from that album. Mm-hmm. So Je Me Père is very, very punky, very fast. I think it's 1 minute mm. 28. But actually, I really realized it's the album apart from Get Tragic, that has the most slow songs. So there's The Silence and The Drones and a few other ones that are really, really, really good. So when I was making my playlist, I made a mental note to be like, but Fran, I did make this playlist, but go and listen to In Time to Voices because if you like the quieter stuff... I but when you say quiet, do you mean tuneful? Because, I mean, I don't mind loud stuff. I mean, I, I like Man and Manson, but it has, it has to have a tune to it. Can you translate that song for me, the, uh, the Je Me uh, So Je Me Père means I'm lost. I'm lost. And why is I'm it in lost. French any reason? Do you know? I don't know. I put I down don't know. that, um, oh, look, the uni band has bought an effects box. <laughs> but aren't both the vocals really hit with like effects on it for some reason? Yes, they're, they're, it's it's very loud and, and distorted. But that's, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing, Fran. Embrace it. I would say as well that one of the reasons why I like this song is how everyone goes mental when they play it live it's really like the big mosh pit energetic one so it's great but it's even better when when you see it live like like colors fade as well i think blood red shoes output is great and i love listening to it you know the the studio versions but i I really think they're a band worth watching live to kind of because when i saw them live i literally knew like three songs and i enjoy myself and uh, yeah and i i am that person so i will skip songs on a CD, and then when it plays live, I will get in the mosh pit because I know that it works well in the live arena. But like sometimes, you, you know, when on a, a Sunday evening, sat down in a quiet room, you don't really want to hear screaming people. Um, mm. It doesn't really fit the ambience. So yeah, so in, in the right setting, I I can enjoy the old punky punky tune, but I wouldn't really sit around my house putting on a Slayers album. That's just the sort of guy I am. That's interesting because I am someone who when I I might have said this before, but when Spotify analyzed my output, they were like 80% of your songs are energetic, like, you know, calm down, love. Actually, when I'm working, very often I put on loud music to kind of wake me up a bit and energize myself. And I've had colleagues be like, how are you listening to this? So something like Je Me Père, I would absolutely put on if I needed like a quick burst of energy. But Fran, I did include, and I, I did it thinking of you, but I was also thinking in terms of having a bit of variety on this playlist. I did include Tightwire from, from their fourth album, Blood Red Shoes. And you're shaking your head on the video. Uh, I put it as as the slow song which Fran might like, and apparently I was wrong. Yeah, I put it down. This is too repetitive. Yes, it's a nice change for production, but not for me. I okay. also put down, I think they work best when they're both singing on tracks. Um, and in I like Cole because I, I like his, uh, you know, his. Oh, like... the drums! The drums at the beginning of Cold are. But also, I, li- I like because obviously she sings like she sings the main verse, and then he goes da na 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 na, and then she comes in. It's nice having like that sort of like little breaks of of um of vocal, and that's when I like them again. Yeah, I okay, but I I would I would really emphasize that there are other slower melodic songs on that album that I think you would quite enjoy. So if you haven't gone and listened to that album in its entirety mm. and you don't want to listen to something fast put that album on skip cold and je me Père and, and i will also like say that an animal it sounds a lot like band of skulls are you aware of their work i am 
And they're the kind of band that when I've gone to listen to them, it just doesn't really Because obviously like me. Band of Skulls having the two vocalists, they've got kind of like a, a bluesy sort of like riff to their music, which is kind of similar to a lot of their um, Blood Blood Two songs. So I can see a thread. I really like the fact that it's kind of on an offbeat, this song as well. Mm-hmm. So on from Band of Skulls, I have You're Not Pretty, But You Got It Going On and Gold and Gold, the Richard X remix saved. And I could not tell you they what those random, songs sound like. Random song, very not big kits whatsoever. That's a random cuts. I, I think that's it. Again, going back to the fact that, look, I'm just a legend and I very often like the songs that aren't mainstream. Guys. Obviously, what can obviously, I do? Obviously. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just great. I'm really great. I think he's given them a listen because I think he was definitely not like the first album by Band of Skulls. Anyway, let's not talk about another band. <laughs> uh, uh, come on, it's fine, it's fine. So, come on, some people might be intrigued now. If they Ladies like and gentlemen of the, of the podcast world, let's listen to Fires by the band Band of Skulls on the album Baby Darling Dollface Honey, A Mouthful. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I will go and listen to Fires and come back to you because I think Band of Skulls might even be one of the top bands that they recommend for fans of Blood Red Shoes on Spotify. And I definitely heard of them and they're, you know, they seem like the kind of band that I would be into. But yeah, I don't know why I have. Yeah, they're they're the top band. They're the top band that is recommended by Spotify. While I love, you know, a louder rock sound, Mm. with most bands that I like, I don't go and listen to them very often because I do have to be in the mood for it. I'm much more likely to go and listen to electro or some pop or, you know, something a, a bit more. But with Blood Red Shoes... They've got their five albums. It They have a broad discography as well. There, there's so many more kind of B-sides that I could have included on this playlist. They have a song called Wretch with uh, the guy from Drenge and a guy from a Belgian band called Wallace Van Born that's really great. I could have included so many more songs besides Box of Secrets from the Tide at the Wrist early recordings. I really, I really love that album. And I... I was listening to an interview with them where they were like, oh, we're so ashamed. We sound so bad. And then we decided to put it together in a, in a compilation. But despite them having a louder rock sound, that would mean they would be the kind of band I wouldn't go back to that often. I really, I listened to them a lot. And I wasn't surprised that they were the biggest artist for me on Spotify in 2019. I just realized I lied to you guys earlier. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And I said the words that light up was my favorite song by them. And I just realised that was a big fat lie, and I do apologise to the, the internet, but it's not. It is. Good. I, it's I wish. I wish. Was somewhere best. I that was the other one that I almost included from the first album. Yeah, that's the best song. And live, it's it's brilliant. Yes. I wouldn't say it's their best song, but I would say that it's 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 a great song. And despite not really liking the latest album very much, I do like Elijah. I think Elijah is my favourite song from from Get Tragic. I find very interesting that they've released a lot of alternative versions of that. There's a lot of songs that weren't included on the album released before as a single. There's God Complex. I don't know if you've, you've checked that one out. I think they're amazing and innovative and and more people should. And also, isn't the new album got quite a lot of um, featuring artists as well? It's got um, Ed Harcourt and The Witches as well on it and uh, Clarence Clarity. Is, is, is that the first one they've ever had outside people? That's a good question. I would think so. You were saying that you liked the later stuff because it sounds more, sounds less like two teenagers shouting mm-hmm. at each other. I like them. I can appreciate the modern sound and that there's there's newer songs that I like. And I, I checked as well and Blood Red Shoes, their fourth album was released from Jazz Life, the record label. 
and Get Tragic was released on Jazz Life but distributed through V2 Records. So okay. that's, I think, how they're, how they're doing it. I can appreciate their letter sound, but I do think Blood Red Shoes are at their best shouting at each other like teenagers, I, I have to say. Even though I would recommend all their, all their oeuvre to people, I, I quite like it. I, I think they clearly have tension. They clearly get it out through the music. Bring it on. But to wrap up, so you knew Blood Red Shoes before. You had an idea. You'd seen them live. Do you think they're underrated? Has your opinion changed from listening to my playlist? I think that their place in British rock and roll is the same still. I think that they've got some good songs, but I wouldn't really say that they're one of the best bands of the last 10 years, unfortunately. Boo. I, I just, yeah, I will. With a heavy heart, disagree. And I think they should, they should find more fans. But at least you didn't dislike most of the playlists that I gave you. So that's... that's no, no, no. I, I like the idea of them and I would probably go and sit live if they're playing you know, in, in, around, around my area, definitely, or at a festival. Okay, so it sounds like for this episode, we haven't really convinced each other to budge an inch, but I think we both discovered new things yes, that we yeah, enjoyed, yeah, yeah. right? I have found out that the Blood Shoes did an album last year and I enjoyed it a lot, so thank you. Yes, and thank you for introducing me to some of Fatboy Slim's back catalogue and some new singles that I think are quite fun for dancing around the living room. Till next time, guys. Over underrated. That's the end. I hope you agree that Blood Red Shoes are mega fucking rock stars, whether they're shouting at each other over a screeching guitar or doing something a bit more quiet and soulful most of their output is mega if you want to get in touch with us you can email on over underrated music pod at gmail.com it's over underrated music pod on instagram and ou music pod on twitter everything we've talked about articles videos songs etc will be in the show notes catch you next time and remember protect your chips at all costs especially if you're near some water